you're either you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard. It has been a bit uh, since we have last had a podcast go to the airwaves, and it finally we are here. We found some time, and this is episode 15 of Riding the Bus, the official I Am a Wild podcast presented by Explore Minnesota. I am Ben Gislason, voice of the I Am a Wild, the gentleman to my right, and the voice you're about to hear if you're tuning in via a non-video platform on our podcast is Joey Goldstein, Director of Marketing for the Iowa Wild. And just like me, we're not going to give our full titles because they're way too long. And we have yeah. way too much to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologies to those who were refreshing in December, waiting for a December episode. It just didn't happen. We had plans. We did. That's so a good point. We're not lying about no, this. We had plans. Yeah. We were going to do it like right before right before the Christmas break. It was going to be great. I think we had we had a guest lined up. We were ready to go. We had today's guest lined yep, up. Yep, we yeah. were all ready to go. And and then I got sick, and we had to way cancel. To take, way to take onus for it. Yep, I got sick. It was, it. it was on me. Uh, I got sick. Shame on cancel you. It. You purposely uh, went around licking railings, didn't yeah, you, trying to get sick? I just couldn't yeah. help it. Couldn't yeah. help myself. Didn't want to do the show. Yep. His so fault. next thing we know, it's it's the holiday. Then I went home. We talked about, do we do it remote? We said, no, we're not going to do it remotely because it's cooler. We're all doing it in person. Everybody's here together. So we said no to that. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll we'll do it in January, and maybe we even get two in in January. Which so we're going to try to do. That's what we're hoping for to be able yep. to get two in this month. So um, to make up for it, but yeah, there's there's been a lot that has happened between Tons. when we last talked in November to now, um, and I, I I really don't know where to start. I kind of told you before. I've just had a running list probably over the last couple of weeks of just just random thoughts as I'm watching games. As you're laying in bed up. at night. Yeah, just yeah, as things that's, come that's up. That's where all my ideas happen. Uh, so I think we can just kind of roll through those. Well, first off, we're in the press box today. Yeah, new I mean, spot. Anybody Pretty watching cool. on YouTube, uh, we decided today partially because we thought it'd be neat to change, partially because we've got a bunch of games and we didn't want to move my and mixer. There's, <laughs> and there's a, there's a ton going on down there. We've got – so. We have our second half media day coming yeah. up. So the yep. locker room we normally film in, they're setting up and staging for that for what is going to be shot tomorrow. Junior Crash Course comes in today. So they're taking up some of the locker rooms in that back hall as well. So we figured this is just the easier of all the options. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a cool view. It is. You can't beat it. And as we said. As you said, best best press box in the league that oh well best so i best i've been to yeah. and i've not been to every every arena in the league yet but uh yeah this one is uh is as spectacular as it gets some advantage point but a lot to catch up on um as we record today uh, and this episode won't be coming out until after the weekend we're getting ready for milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, two just monstrous games the wild right now have just bulldoze their way back into the conversation of the Central Division. Five straight wins. Um, that includes some wins on the road, two giant victories in Grand Rapids, two huge home wins over the Rockford Ice Hogs. It really has been an outstanding start to 2023 for this wild team, and they're getting contributions from everyone. Jesper Volstead's game has shot to the moon since yep. the beginning, and really since the end of, of the first pre-holiday portion of break he started picking it up there but he's jumped right back in since the holiday uh return zane mcintyre was just marvelous uh in the win at home over grand rapids a 2-1 shootout victory uh so it's not just one line it's not just one deep pair it's not just one goaltender everything seemingly has started firing on all cylinders on every facet of iowa's game and they're playing with just oodles of confidence and i can say that now because 
I think with the way this team's playing, and we could go back and laugh at this next week, mm-hmm. sadly, if the Wild don't perform well this weekend sure. against Milwaukee, but it, it does just feel like this team has moved past the point of no return on they're playing the right way. Yes, there are still going to be spells where this team, I think, will have some struggles. They're not going to put on a win streak until the end of the year from now mm-hmm. until April, but from what I've seen from this team, they found something that they were so just vigorously searching for in the first half of the season, and it's resiliency and it's consistency. They've shown that resilience. I talked about it a lot earlier in the season, but oftentimes that resilience came too little, too late. They would get the last goal of the game, but it would only put them to within one or within two. They'd give up an early goal in the third, and they'd score the next two, and they'd tie it, and then they'd lose in overtime. They did that so much early in the season Now those responses are coming right as the momentum shifts. After a team takes a, or after they take a penalty, they get through that penalty kill. They give up an odd man break. Zane McIntyre, Jesper Volstead comes up with that crucial, pivotal save Mm -hmm. in those big moments. And then the Wild don't sit back when that happens. They say, let's get the puck back and let's go take care of business. It's been a really tour de force performance by them recently. And Tim Army has this club rolling on all cylinders right now. They have been a real joy to watch. And whether it's been at home or away, the the roadside, they're still lighting it up. They just had their 11th win of the season on the road when they were in Grand Rapids, uh, 10 and 11. Um, But the home side, too, now seven wins at home. Let's not forget coming into the holiday time, they only had two wins at home. So Mm -hmm. things have just really gone in the right direction for them and um, we don't have enough time to cover everything that they've done to really put this put these pieces back together of their season but it's been a sensational stretch for Iowa and it seems to me they're winning the right way and even though that doesn't mean you're going to win every game the rest of the year if you keep that up it does mean you will win more than you lose yeah you and it was something you said I mean really at the beginning of the season those October I think really September time we started talking about what this team was going to look like but that october episode and that november episode the record may not have have indicated it Mm -hmm. but they there was something there and you could see that there was something there and i think honestly the 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 biggest takeaway that i've got from all this consistency is that minnesota is healthy and we are healthy that was the biggest thing at the beginning of the season there were a lot of injuries up top which meant we had a lot of back and forth with our roster and then we had a lot of injuries. So there was never that consistency in the lineup. The, the, the team that you've seen in this, this run here since the start of the new year were healthy. This is m- minus Mitchell Chafee. This is the team we expected to see. And Mason Shaw. Yep. And Mason Shaw. Yep. This is the team yep. you expect to see at the start of the year. Now, imagine if you had those oh, two guys geez. in the lineup. It's it's <clears throat> maybe your – Imagine if you even had one of them. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's, it, it changes everything. Yeah. So – that has helped the consistency a lot. But one thing I've also noticed, too, and, and playing on the road, you see it a lot because you, when you're watching AH, AHL TV, you can see what other buildings are like, what the crowd's like. Mm-hmm. This team feeds off of a good crowd. When there are a lot of people in this building, their their energy is on a different level. And that's one thing that I noticed. I think it was the two games right before New Year's against Colorado. We had two amazing crowds. And that's really what kicked off this streak. And we've had consistent, like, good numbers in the the last few games this team picks up off that energy and it's you know like you said it maybe things don't go their way in the first period i think of the grand rapids game the other day we go down one nothing and then we take that you know there's a five minute major and then there's a you're you're killing a five on three for two Mm -hmm. minutes and zane helps you that swings momentum 
you know, you, you kill those two penalties, it swings momentum, and this team knows third period comes around. It's like, we've, we've been here. We've done this before. We have all these major hurdles that we've had early in the season. We've come back from deficits. We've erased yeah. leads before. And sure enough, you tie the game, you win in a shootout, and it's like nothing ever happened. So. Yeah, it's been a really great performance uh, and so many great performers uh, that have put together this, this stretch for Iowa. Uh, and, and, Joey, you alluded to it, the, the crowds at Wells Fargo Arena this season since about the mid-December mark into January now, and that even includes a, a Monday afternoon game where you wouldn't expect to have the type of crowd that we had for an MLK Day matinee matchup 2 p.m., yet you had almost 4,000 in the building that day. Yeah. What have been the highlights for you over this stretch? Because we normally like to talk on some of these promotions, some of these big highlights that we have, but we haven't gotten to do it with obviously lacking that December episode. Yeah, I, I, and it's hard to like pinpoint if there's like mm-hmm. one thing that's that's led all these crowds. Yeah, I mean you can push, you can say sure, maybe we've had more fun, exciting promotions, which we kind of put towards the second half of the year, anyways, because you're competing with football and everything at the beginning yeah. of the year, and, and maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe we've gotten to those quote hockey months where people are just more thinking hockey now. It's hard to really pinpoint what exactly it is. Um, I I don't know. I I think that that stretch just before the new year, those two Colorado games with you get the New Year's with the fireworks on the ice, which almost took me and Marquise out to you know the the Wednesday game, which for a Wednesday to have as many people as I know it's school vacation week, but for a, an, a midweek game, generally in the American Hockey League, you don't see crowds mm-hmm. of that nature, and you have so many people in the building. And when you win, and when you win in the way that we did, yeah. people want to keep coming back. And now that we're con- we've continued to win, you know it's fun, it's exciting. The atmosphere in this building is great. So when you get to experience that, and teams, the team's winning at home, and something everybody wants to be involved in. So to me, I think that's what's kind of set set this stage as we roll into you know the latter half of the year and pushing towards the playoffs okay we have a fantastic guest today i know we say that about all of our guests but this was one that we had circled we knew we wanted to get to and knew he was going to be a great guest Mm -hmm. and we could have easily talked another hour i think we went about an hour with jesper volstead uh, the highest drafted swedish goaltender of all time also the highest drafted goaltender of the minnesota wild have ever uh, selected either and just a wonderful guy, so well-spoken. I didn't even get into I wanted to get into more of the accidentally saying English words that you think mean certain things in English that don't translate properly yeah. from Swedish. We didn't even get to that because nope. the rest of it was so intrepid. Um, so I do want to get there, but you, you had a, that notes of things that you said that you wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go rapid fire, rapid right. fire. And then you also, we need to get to a, a, an Explore Minnesota read too well, because well, that's personally one of my favorite parts yeah, of every like show that. i yeah. really do we'll, we'll, i don't know if anybody else likes having you no. do it but i i like it a as lot as i don't fumble over my words but we'll start i hope you we'll do start with that I we'll make this do. our 10-year tidbits okay peace um yes. as you know presented by explore minnesota as snowflakes flutter softly to the ground outside there mm. is no better time to drape a fuzzy robe across your shoulders slow down and engage in some much needed relaxation mm. this winter Embrace the season's slower pace and spirit of rejuvenation with a trip to the sauna or spa. Plan your dream trip at exploreminnesota.com. Did I paint a picture mm. in your head or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly and blissfully just 
meandering through a winter wonderland in my mind right now in Minnesota on that. Yeah. You put me in the Good. you put me in the in in the spot Good. for right that. Right back home. So, for, yeah, right back home. Right back home. Right back home at the Winter Carnival. Perfect. Yeah. So like I said, I've I've just been over the last couple weeks just jotting down thoughts, and there's there's really no rhyme or reason to any of these. Um, <laughs> I hope there's at least one that's just like six words, just random six. Is there anything that's not a complete sentence? Uh, no. They're all complete uh, sentences, but they're, yeah. So, all right. So I talked about earlier, being healthy for is something hu- really off the wall. Being healthy is huge, especially with Minnesota being healthy. Uh, I love the game that Patrick Curry plays. Yeah, that Phenomenal. line, Damian Giroux. That line's been great, but Patrick he, Curry, Mikey Milne. he's really been one good. of the, he brings the real energy to that line. I love watching him play. He's just aggressive, throws his body around fast, like. Scored a giant goal yeah. in the in first GR. game in Grand Rapids yeah. against his former team. That was a huge insurance goal in the third. So, so that was that was one. Uh, Dakota Mermis, named captain, a no-brainer decision. I think. Yeah. I think there's uh, obviously there's a lot he does on the ice, but off the ice, I think there's a lot that people don't see that he does to kind of lead this team. So, to me, no-brainer decision there. Uh, Marco Rossi not scoring in droves like we saw last year, but I'd argue he's making more of an impact this year. I'd agree. And with he's you. taking on that leadership role. He's playing which so is, well, which is yeah. huge. But he um, wants to score. He wants to score. He like does you, want to score. You can yeah, tell absolutely. after the games. Who doesn't? He's not, and not in a not in a salty or an individual way because mm-hmm. he is a definite team guy. There's mm-hmm. no question he is. But you can tell like he's so hungry because he wants to score. But you're exactly right. Like he. He's doing more that isn't noticed this year mm-hmm. than he was last year. Everything he did last year seemingly was really offensive. Not that he didn't play some defensive uh, tides in the game as well, but, boy, the little things he's been doing this year, mm-hmm. face-off work, in his own zone, killing penalties, um, he he's found a different echelon, a different flavor to his game that – you have to have as a center yeah. iceman. You just you have to do it. It's those, not it's, it's non negotiable. And the he's, things he's that Minnesota's that. looking for yes. too, which is yes. which is huge. So there's that. Uh, Nick Patan might be a wizard. Put that on there because <laughs> the, there we go. The, some of the stuff that he does, man. Is, yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate enough in home games. I get to. I'm I'm on the glass here. Yeah. In that that one on one vom and you know, watching him on the on the power play and. Like you say on the broadcast, his head is always up. He's always looking. He for hasn't the looked play. down at the puck. But yeah, I don't, who knows how many years it's been uh, since he's looked down at the puck. Uh, the stuff he does is just it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Might be um, a wizard. <laughs> Joe Hicketts, I think, got snubbed for the All Star team. I think he sh- totally. Wow, should, there I, it is. I totally think he should have there been it is. on the, on that roster, wow. included with Sammy and Jesper. Hicketts has been one of the, if not the yeah. best defenseman in the division. So I think he's someone who probably should have gotten a look there. He's off to a tremendous start. Yeah. Maybe the best start he's ever had, and and pacing for a career year. Pacing for, him, for a career which year, is, yes, which is phenomenal. Yep. Uh, team feeds off a big crowd. Playing goalie is hard. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> Jesper. If this was a couple weeks ago, if Jesper is starting to figure out how to play on the smaller ice surface, watch out. We've seen that. He's given up uh, three goals in the last four games. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Again, ahead of the Milwaukee series, people listen to this that could change. Um, is Marco Rossi's rookie scoring record in jeopardy? It could be. Yes. Because of, as of now, it is because of Walker's. Because of Sammy. Walker's at a better pace than, than on, Marco on that was same at. subject. We we got to get Sammy Walker on this podcast at some point to talk to him. Just in general, we haven't yeah. done that yet. Um, and then lastly, like you said, you know, kind of leading into these upcoming games here, we've hit our stride, and there are some huge games coming up with Milwaukee, as you said, and we'll talk about it a little bit after we talk to Jesper. But Rockford is also we have Rockford on a t- on Tuesday which, well, yes, today as you're listening to this, mm-hmm. Rockford tonight, and then Coachella Valley's coming in here for the first time, and they're in first place in the Pacific. As it and stands now, yeah. Train. So, yeah. Um, 
some some big games, real you know measuring stick type games uh, for this team going forward. So yeah, it's, it 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 really is the main focus in January. It is hockey weather. It is hockey time. Uh, this is the beginning of the ascent towards the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say it now, and no one's going to say, ah, it's too early. You're yeah. talking no, you're about there. it now. You yeah. are talking about it now. Um, and so that that's a great preamble to to our guest here today. We don't need to say anything more about Jesper. Let's let everybody tune into this. It's a great, great, great interview. Uh, he's just continually such an impressive, not only goaltender, but uh, just human being mm-hmm. in general for a guy who's just 20 years of age. So uh, without any further ado, you good? I'm good. I'm good as well. Let's get to Jesper Volstead, the eye of a wild rookie goaltender, who's our guest today on Riding the Bus. Continuing on to the second period of episode 15 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast. Ben Gislason and Joey Goldstein rolling things over, and it's about time we stop talking to each other. The essence of our show is about our guests, and we have a very special guest here with us today. Rookie goaltender Jesper Volstead, who recently has been named to the American Hockey League All-Star Classic. It's been a great year for you, Jesper, so far, and this will probably be the best part of your year, won't it? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Jesper, it's great to have you. Thanks so much for doing this. Um, This is Riding the Bus. Uh, It's our official podcast, and we start with almost everybody. There's been a few times I've forgotten, which Joey loves to bring this up when I do forget. Uh, But our first question we always start with, hockey players spend a lot of time on the bus. Tell us a good bus story or a good bus memory from your time on the bus, whether it's here with Iowa or elsewhere. Um, Okay, so I think I have a pretty good one. Um, It was from my first season uh, playing professional in Sweden. And uh, so we just got this this guy coming from Switzerland, uh, a Swedish player, but he's done a couple of seasons in in Switzerland. So um, we had this... I think a six-hour-long bus drive back from uh, Oskarshamn up to um, Stockholm and Orlando, where we were supposed to fly the next morning up to Luleå again. And uh, we had a, uh, a bus stop during this trip uh, at a gas station. Uh, so uh, I was I was standing uh, behind this guy who uh, recently came back from Switzerland uh, to play here in Sweden again. And they've they've had a couple of beers and so on on the bus, so they were they were going a little bit. Like where this is headed. <laughs> this is, this so is we were all out. buying a couple of snacks. Uh, I think I was having like a bag of chips and uh, and a diet coke or or something. And uh, he was standing just before me, uh, and he put up his his thing and uh, and looked back, and there were probably like fifteen guys behind him, uh, and he was just like a little, little tipsy and. Everyone just throw up your your things as well. I'm paying for for the rest of the guys. Uh, so everyone just put up. There was this huge uh, like mountain of just chips, <laughs> drinks, everything from this uh, from this uh, gas station. And yeah, he paid for all of our uh, all of our things there. So um, that was kind of a good. I think it was the first or the second road trip too that season. So kind of like a good introduction for me being a young guy coming yeah. into that league too. So um, that surprised me. I, I still have that one with me to the, till today. That's not where I thought that story was going. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it ended up being a very good sentimental, yeah. heartfelt yeah. story. Yeah. I you led with guys crazy. having beers. I yeah. thought strange. No, I, I, was, I wasn't going to go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great intro, um, and, and Jesper, we're going to ask a bunch of different questions, and uh, we're going to start in Sweden. I, I know Joey has some questions for you too. 
I was curious even asking you that question. I, I wasn't sure what the travel was like for you guys when you were playing in the Swedish Hockey League. But even further back from that, growing up Vesteros, Sweden, what's youth hockey like in Sweden? It's different everywhere you go. If you're from Minnesota, where I'm from, you've got mites and peewees and bantams and then high school hockey. If you're from Massachusetts, it might be different. Canada, they have Adams and midget hockey. So it's kind of different everywhere you go. What's the path like being a hockey player in Sweden and trying to get not only out of diapers onto the ice, but then moving your way towards pro hockey. Uh, yeah, so usually you just play with the team where you where you kind of grow up. Uh, so me growing up in a uh, a little bit of a bigger city, I would say, in Sweden, uh, we have we had around a hundred and fifty thousand people in our town, and, and it was it was Sweden's sixth biggest city, I think, growing up. Uh, so we were kind of a big city. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of good teams around us, so we were we were the best team in uh, in our kind of division uh, where we were playing, um, and it was all you were always playing with your own age, uh, all the way up to I think under under sixteen or something. Uh, you were always playing with with only the guys who who were your age. Uh, so we were uh, playing in our division called Westmaland, so it's you it's the state of Westmaland in, in Sweden uh, and we were the biggest team, the biggest town uh, and when I, we were starting to get older and older and we were yeah, the, the best team so we decided to, uh, being so close to, to Stockholm, we decided to play in the, in the Stockholm division uh, and also the, uh, the Uppsala division. Yeah. Uh, so we were playing a lot of the teams around uh, my own state uh, as well uh, and uh, uh, outside of our uh, city, we were also playing in um, the Uppsala uh, 0-1 division. So we were playing against the uh, the teams that were one year older than us uh, because we were uh, a pretty good team, I would say, growing up. Uh, and you do that usually are up, up to around under 16, as I said. And, uh, and then from there, you kind of get into uh, playing with the ones who are one year older than you, uh, making usually a team of uh for me zero two and zero ones mm -hmm. uh and then you go under 18 uh, under 20 and then you have the the men's league uh and around that time after when i was 14 i think i played in the under 16 league uh and the under 18 league from my hometown uh and then i turned 15 played with the under 18 team and under 20 team for uh, my hometown and then I after that I decided to move up to Luleå uh, when I was 15 I think to uh, where you kind of go into uh, I would say kind of high school and that's usually the point where you decide if you're staying in your hometown mm -hmm. if you can uh, or if you want to go browse somewhere else and see if you if you can get into some of the SHL teams and um, and that just depends on who you are, uh, what kind of career you have had up to that point, and uh, also where your grades in your school can get yeah. you in as well. So um, it all kind of comes together. Uh, and for me, being uh, kind of talented young guy, uh, I had a, kind of a lot of uh, schools to kind of decide where I wanted to go, uh, and it ended up being Lulio, where I could. Uh, I was both as good of a goalie to get in there but I also had the grades to uh, get into the high school there 
which I, after one and a half year, decided to drop out of too. So uh, <laughs> didn't really matter a lot, but yeah. super important. Yeah, <laughs> so that because I got it uh, a spot in the in the SHL mm-hmm. team. So then I decided, okay, school isn't probably gonna be for me. So uh, I decided decided to drop out. Yeah, it's interesting to me how there's there's always a similarity to the paths that all of you take to get to where you get to, but there's also little different nuances in it, too. The grade part was interesting to bring up. I would have never guessed, not that grades aren't important, and they certainly are important in Sweden, but I guess I wouldn't have thought about that as playing a factor in where you were considering going uh, during your career. Uh, I I did want to get to, um, before talking more about moving to Lulio because I know that was a really transformational part of your journey because you left your house at age 15 and you moved far north of your house as well in Sweden but before we even get there Joey and I were talking before the show and Joey actually did this homework this wasn't me uh, found out that I knew that your father was a pro hockey goaltender I did not know that your brother was also a goaltender so our question was did you even get an option about being a goalie, or were they just like, uh, guess what, Jesper, you're going to play goaltender? What was getting into the goaltending position like for you in a family full of goalies? Yeah, so my uh, my father was playing for uh, my hometown as well. Uh, maybe not when I was growing up. I think it was a little before that mm-hmm. before that time. Um, but yeah, he was he was a goalie as well, uh, and kind of has always been my. Uh, goalie coach kind of like I've always been discussing with him when I get in the car after a game I had a, a bad game and he was like oh you should have done this 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 and so on when I had a good game he was always like yeah but you could have done this 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 <laughs> so he's always kind of like been my own goalie coach when I was young and I didn't have anyone else uh, and then of course having my brother being a goalie as well I always looked up to him and uh, watched his game and he's eight years older than me so uh, when I was young, he was he was probably playing u- junior for for my hometown. So uh, just following there, and uh, my dad and my brother kind of joked about that. Okay, we don't want another goal in the family now. Like we we want a player here. Uh, so, but it ended up being being a goalie as well. And I think kind of where I decided it was like my brother wanted me kind of to be a goalie, and mom and dad were more like, okay, maybe a defenseman or something yeah. is coming here, but. Nope, they didn't. Didn't choose that path, so uh, ended up going with the goal instead. And I've I've always enjoyed it. And funny story now is that my my brother ha- has actually got a uh, a little a little kid. So uh, now we're trying to hopefully maybe get him into being a player instead of a goalie now. So we'll see how that works. Get out of the net. Yeah. Get out of the net. I've got, <laughs> no. I've got to imagine when you guys are yeah. growing up and you're playing outside or in the house. You didn't. It was he was always going to be the goalie. And they kind of forced you to be the shooter at all times. Does that sound about right? Yeah, kind of. But it, then when I started to get a little older, I think I hopped into the net instead. And he he enjoyed shooting. So uh, I have a funny story there too. When I was uh, pretty young, uh, I was always playing floorball uh, in yeah. uh, back home uh, in my house. So right after um, kindergarten and school, I. Um, I got home and usually it was my grandma who picked me up. Uh, so <laughs> me and my grandma, as soon as we got home, we we went up to the second floor. Uh, I had a, uh, my dad had kind of a, like an office there, and I put my my floorball net there. I and and I forced my my grandma put to put put on the gear and, and hop <laughs> in the net, and I was shooting. Um, but then I got I got 
too old and a little bit too strong, so I was shooting too hard. So uh, then we switched roles, and I hopped into the net, and Grandma was wow. shooting instead. So <laughs> that's a very fun story I, any, I had. With any me. injuries? Grandma ever take any injuries? Not that I remember, <laughs> but uh, it could have probably been something there. <laughs> probably too nice to tell you if there wasn't. Oh, there. probably. <laughs> Moving away from home, let's get to that. Uh, Lulio, how many hours away from Vesteros is Lulio, Sweden? Around a 10-hour drive. It's a 10-hour so. drive, yeah. and you're 15 years of age, and you're moving away from home. And it's one of the things I, I tell everybody when I inevitably get asked, a lot of from my buddies in Minnesota, how's Jesper doing? Is he ready to come up yet? And I always say, you're 20 years old going on 30. You're such a mature guy for your age, and I'd have to believe leaving home at an early age forced you to grow up pretty quickly, didn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was – I remember my fir first year still, and – uh, kind of the first time leaving there, uh, me and my dad and my mom uh, got up there, uh, had the the big trailer with us and uh, and all the things uh, that we had with us and uh, just kind of okay now I'm I'm leaving my friends back home now. Uh, I actually moved up with uh, with one other player who uh, who is the same age as me and we played together my whole uh, like kind of childhood in my hometown team, but. I wouldn't say we were best friends, but we were we were still friends. Mm -hmm. We knew each other, uh, and we both got into Lulio. So um, that was for like very nice, very nice feeling, and and like knowing okay, I have this guy. We're both from uh, my hometown, and we kind of moving up together. Uh, but it was still like okay, I'm leaving my my real good childhood friends. I'm leaving my family at home uh, to go up and kind of try to get get as close to my dream as possible I, as I can uh, but it was such a far way uh, away from home uh, it was a tough year like I I had no idea how to cook I had no idea how to clean I didn't Most know 15 year olds yeah, yeah like I, I didn't know how <laughs> you to you were do behind the eight <laughs> balls <laughs> I, <was laughs> no, I think so. I'd be like grilled cheese yeah I couldn't make anything oh so yeah. it was that was horrendous and I didn't know how to do my laundry and uh, up there you don't have a laundry machine in your apartment you have these kind of like in in the basement that everyone shares so mm -hmm. you have to go down book a time get down there do your laundry and now i was uh, it was horrendous i didn't do anything i i was just waiting for my parents to get up so they could clean <laughs> I have no clothes left clean my yeah, clothes yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of that way i was reusing clothes yeah, and i was yeah. like please come up here so you can <laughs> do the laundry and clean my apartment for me but uh, so it was a very tough first year. I was learning a lot, and uh, the food I I was making was usually this freeze bag with pre-done food, and I just cooked it up in the pan. And I was like, okay, it's fine. Like uh, this will work for now. Um, but then, like uh, after my first year, I kind of knew, like, okay, this is this isn't gonna work. Like I have to put in some work to kind mm -hmm. of fix my uh, my routines and my uh, so on, making it a little bit better. Uh, so that kind of my second year was kind of the point when I started to understand. Okay, this is my I'm good at hockey. Like I can do everything on the ice, but if the things outside of hockey isn't working, like I'm gonna play like on the ice. Uh, but I kind of got got there and started to understand. I was asking my mother a um, couple of FaceTime calls every week of new dishes and so mm -hmm. on to to make things work. And uh, and I had a really good second year in the in the under 20 league and uh and then i got offered a shl contract and i was playing in the shl the the year after that so kind of i had to grow up fast i had to learn how to do everything myself i was so far away from home but i think that's ca kind of the things from there where i've 
like kind of adapted adapted here as well uh, when I got over here I kind of had that uh, base now when I grew up like hockey maybe wasn't working as good as I wanted in the beginning of this season uh, but I always knew like okay I'm cooking good food I, I have the energy I'm taking care of myself I'm sleeping well I have a clean apartment like if I just keep doing this it's eventually gonna turn around and yeah we we'll see where I'm where we are at now like I've had a pretty good record the last five yeah, games okay. or so yeah, or so on. so 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 <laughs> so I, I i i like to believe that the especially that year kind of teach me a lot and I, I still have a lot of use for it till today so uh. it's a fascinating answer because you've said so much of what i've heard from other guys mainly when i asked them during their rookie seasons in the american hockey league where what are some of the biggest growth points that you went through you went through it as a 15-year-old. Not that you're not going through some adjustments here, yeah, too, but sure. I, like you just said there, those years were so formative for you, and now you get here, and you're like, well, yes, I'm a, I'm a continent away now, but what's a continent compared to 10 hours? Yeah. You, you're still, you, you've gone through those difficult times as a young kid, and now it's made for this season, and I think it's such a perfect example. You just said you knew that you just had to keep it going, and it wasn't about changing things. It wasn't about completely reinventing the wheel. You'd been there before, and, and to me that is a fascinating answer, I, I think. Like most of the 20 years old guys coming into the NHL, now they're doing their first year, maybe yeah. away from home, and or now living with a billet family. Yeah, they so. played in junior. A yeah. lot of them played in junior, right? So, so they have a billet family. That wasn't the case for you No, Lulu. So, so yeah. I can say yeah. this is my fifth year now living away from my parents, and I'm still, I just turned 20, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, it, it's a very kind of comfortable feeling to have in the back of your mind to know that, okay, I trust what I'm doing. I know it's it's going to bring me success. Uh, and now I can kind of just work on the things I have to do on the ice and stuff. Again, 20 years old going on 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the time. You, you yeah. Now that you, uh, let's say, you know, five years, you're probably an established chef at this point. So <laughs> what, is, what is the thing that you enjoy cooking the most? Is there a recipe that your mom gave you that is just like a go-to? You'll make it anytime you get the chance? I kind of like to keep it simple. Like, I, I don't like to stay in the kitchen for hours and hours. So uh, if I can make a dish that takes 30 minutes and it's nutritious and tastes good and so on, I'll, I'll do it. So my mom t taught me how to do her own carbonara uh, when I was living at home. Uh, and I still have that recipe in the back of my mind from, from then. So that's the that's one of my go-tos. Uh, I, I love it. You some chicken in there, like a chicken carbonara? No, it's no? I oh. usually do. So um, when I grew up, we always used... Uh, like bacon but uh, when I was uh, playing in Luya I wanted it to be more nutritious and uh, giving me more energy so we switched it over to turkey bacon which has more protein less fat everything uh, so I do this carbonara everything you need is egg parmesan turkey bacon and your spaghetti of choice uh, so just two eggs put in some parmesan mix it up uh, cook your Turkey bacon and boil your spaghetti. Everything together, really good carbonara. We've uh, this. We'll get them on this this cooking show that we're gonna do someday <laughs> with Joe Hicketts. We'll we'll bring Esper on. They'll make a carbonara for us. That'd be amazing. Sounds like his will be the healthier side. I think. Oh, for sure. Think Joe's going hard into the. Yeah, ribs. we're doing like ribs. Yeah, and barbecue. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah, definitely. The the draft, the culmination of so many different decisions that you'd made, coming up out of Vesteros into Lulio and, and, and working towards that goal of getting to the National Hockey League. And you're right on the doorstep of it now, being here with the Wild. But take us back to the draft. 
I always like asking this question to guys who are picked in the first round because usually if you're getting picked in the first round, you haven't just talked to one team. Were there teams that were you maybe thought were in the running that day? Who were some of the other teams that you maybe had an idea out for and were the Wild one of them? Because there are times I know in the past where players had no idea that their teams were going to come out of nowhere and make a draft pick. So where did your gut say maybe you thought you were going to wind up going that day? And, and how did it all play out for you? Also being a little bit of a strange draft too where you were in Sweden for it where normally guys would have probably been at an arena somewhere as it has been forever dating mm-hmm. back to the pre-COVID years of hockey. Yeah, so I'm going to start this off as, as a, at another end. So uh, when I moved to Luleå, uh, Philip Gustafsson just left Luleå to get over to um, Ottawa's uh, HL team. And uh, talking with the goalie coaches up in Luleå, uh, they said that Pittsburgh was the only team that Philip Gustafsson had not talked to during the draft. <laughs> and they were course, the one yeah. picking them, uh, him with their first pick in the draft. Uh, and now going over to my p- uh, draft, Minnesota was one of the team I had s- only spoke with once in my whole draft. Uh, and I, I think I spoke with every team uh, during my uh, my draft year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a lot of team I spoke with three, five, six, seven times, uh, especially like Detroit, Edmonton couple of other teams I teams had. He looking for goalies. Yeah. 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 So I was 100% sure uh, that Detroit was going to pick yeah. me. They traded up. They had the 15 pick. Uh, their Swedish team all, almost. So uh, they picked Simon Edvinson with their first pick. And I was like, okay, 15 pick coming up now. Now it's my <laughs> turn. Like now, now I'm going. Because I've heard from a lot of people that I was going top 10. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was kind of the direction I was. Uh, but then I al- also told myself, oh, like, uh, everything can happen on the draft day. Like, mm-hmm. I might not even be selected in the first round where I wanted, where, where my goal was. Like, I wanted to be selected in the in the first round. That was my goal, uh, and becoming the first Swedish goalie ever selected in the first round. Uh, so, 15 picks traded up. My brother was sitting next to me. It's like, now, it, now it's time. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time. And they selected Sebastian Kosa, and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, maybe I'm not getting drafted in the first round now. Like I, I felt like, okay, now, I, wait, this is weird. <laughs> Funny how the mind works. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, I, oh. yeah. right, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Like now, now, now I can get every, picked. I feel by like everybody who talks about the draft has a similar story. They're like, yeah. it's not gonna happen. I threw the phone. I'm done. Yeah. Like, no, know. but I, I got so surprised in some way uh, because, as I said, I thought I was going top yeah, ten. Everything was leading you there. Yeah, yeah, and then Detroit, who I've talked with, probably seven or eight they had interviews with my family we, we were so in with them so i was like okay they're gonna pick me now uh, and surely no and not ended up happening uh, and then yeah five picks later minnesota traded up and took me and i got very surprised because those were one of the teams that i hadn't spoke with a lot i, I had one conversation with them uh, and then i asked bacher when i got here i was like why didn't i have any more conversations with you uh, or if it was, if it was uh, Bomber or Bacher, I don't mm-hmm. remember, uh, one of them. And I was Richard Bachman, goalie coach, Brad Bombardier, director of player yeah. development, for our listeners. Yes, yep. so uh, I asked, I don't remember who it was, but one of them, and I was like, well, why didn't I have more conversation with you guys if, if you were going to select me? And they said, just like, oh, we didn't believe you were suppo- like you were, you were going to be there at that time. Uh, and that kind of the mind I had too, like I didn't... Th- think really I was yeah. gonna be there uh, 
but yeah, it worked out for the greater, like the greater. I'm I'm very happy where I'm at. I think they've shown shown a lot of support. They have all the resources. They have uh, putting a lot of time on me, and uh, as we've seen, I feel like I'm developing every day. So uh, I'm very very happy where where I ended up going. That's crazy. It's it's funny when when you brought up that you'd only spoke with them once. I went. I wonder if maybe they had one conversation and just went. Now we we've we've seen enough. Like yeah. we know. I feel like that's a tactic too for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I I guess in hockey it might be a little different. You see in the NFL sometimes where like got teams will intentionally not talk to people that they're interested in to throw people off and not wanting them to think that oh they're going to come after baby. this guy. Mind yeah, games. Mind game. Yeah. All so you talk to every team in the league and I don't. You don't have to throw anyone under the bus, but was there what's maybe the weirdest question that you got asked during these interviews? Because you don't have to some, say who asked it. There are yeah. some great stories or oh. some crazy questions, and I'm sure with all the conversations you had, you probably had some some wild ones. If you were gonna ask me this question two years ago, I'll for sure remember a yeah, crazy question, something. but I don't think I remember anyone now. I remember I've had a I've had a couple of weird questions, uh, but there are definitely some teams that that are. I remember I got like a 272 questionnaire from San Diego or some or it's San, uh, San no, Jose no Anaheim Anaheim, uh, Anaheim. I thought of their AHL team yeah, yeah. <laughs> no from Anaheim and I remember oh 270 <laughs> questions like what did, what did you want to know like just put me on a face or put me on a Zoom call or whatever I can yeah. answer those but like questionnaire like. So there were a lot, like a hundred plus questionnaires you got on your draft day uh, or on your draft year, uh, but I can't remember any specific question coming up now. It was probably a lot of personality type stuff, right? Oh yeah, to know like how you how you tick, all that kind you of. You also, I th I think it was the Islanders where you got like least also like 300 questions or something and, Morello, that's and you had like right. you had mm -hmm. three answers to every question so there was a question you had to kind of ring in your answer of these three uh, answer those that, that was possible uh, and that was a personality test uh, so mm -hmm. sat down that one with them and as well and it was like oh, it took like two hours or something and you're like oh get me out of here but yeah no it's also a fun story <laughs> on so Getting drafted by Minnesota, being the highest goalie picked in Wild history, you know what? When that happens, and you kind of the moment sets in, you realize everything. Like, what does that mean to you now, looking back on that, having that honor? Oh, a lot. Uh, it's like also, as I said before, my goal was getting picked in the first round, being the first Swedish goal they ever drafted in the first round, and uh, I accomplished that, and, and that was like a very happy thing for myself. So just like, okay, I'm. I'm the only one now. Like, <laughs> there's no other Swedish goalie drafted, uh, so that was also like, okay, that was great. And then, yeah, being acquired by Minnesota and, uh, and so on, it was just such a big honor. And it took a lot of days to kind of just figure everything out and, and kind of decide how you feel about everything and, uh, and get everything put together. Uh, and I remember very clearly because the draft is in America and it's. I think the draft started 2 a.m. Swedish time, time or something. And I was picked 20th, so I think I got picked at 7 a.m. Uh, and I remember got home to my bed like at 8 or something. And trying to get some sleep there too, it was impossible. And uh, I had decided with my best friends that we were going to take the boat out on the lake the day after. Uh, and 
I just remember like we couldn't do anything. My form was just constantly oh, ringing. Really sure. So we were out there playing music. Okay, uh, can you shut it off, please? I have a phone call here. It took like 30 minutes. Okay, put it down. And then there was a reporter calling, wanting to ask questions, and uh, that day just got totally ruined. So, but in a good way. Yeah. In a very good way. Oh, but it was oh like boy. at that moment you were almost like, okay, can I just maybe get some relaxation now? Like it's been a whole year of hectic calls and mm-hmm. zooms and questionnaires and everything like now it's happened can i please just relax a little bit but nope that brings up a question i wanted to ask you and actually our uh, kudos to uh, marquise jones our uh, videographer and our editor for this podcast he's the one who actually asked the question before we were getting ready here he said you and he agrees with joey and me on this we all have the same thought you're so open to getting the camera in front of you, to doing podcasts like this. For a highly talented player, it can be exhausting. I mean, there are a lot of requests that come in, whether it's through us or to you or through other media sources. You get a lot of people biting and asking for your time. Has it always been that way? Growing up, were you someone that at a young age was starting to get that attention locally, or has it been more or less... Once you got around draft time, has that been how things have really launched out? And why are you so open to it? Because it's not the case for all players, and it's not that players that aren't open to it, I poo-poo on or I look down my nose at them. Players are different. Some people like it, some guys don't. Why are you so open to being available for us? Because we certainly appreciate <laughs> yeah. it a lot. I think, I think when I was very young, uh, I was playing in Vestros, of course, and uh, a lot of the attention to young talents usually come out of Gothenburg and Stockholm. Sure. The the rest of the young talents didn't get I wouldn't say they didn't get attention, but they didn't get a lot of attention when when I was young. And uh, how far is Vesteros from Gothenburg and Stockholm just so our uh, and I frankly yeah. so I know too. Just where in Sweden is so, that so people know. So Stockholm is located on the kind of middle little lower mm-hmm. uh, east coast. And Vesteros is one hour west of Stockholm, straight into the country. And then you have Gothenburg on kind of like the southwest coast, mm-hmm. around four hours drive from both Stockholm and Vesteros, because it's different ways down there. Uh, and usually the good players, Alexander Holtz, is playing in Stockholm, uh, got a lot of attention when he was young. He had sponsor deals with CCM, Better Hockey, like a lot of these things, uh, because he was very, very good, of course. Uh, but also from a big town, which definitely helped. Sure. Uh, and then you had Lucas Raymond down in Gothenburg, uh, also a lot of attention. Uh, maybe a little bit later, uh, but also there. Were now I just take uh, these guys up because they're my same age as me, uh, so that's why. But uh, yeah, just coming from those towns definitely helped them getting maybe a little bit more attention that the rest of us young, pretty good talents w- had. Uh, and I think for me, it started kind of blew up, yeah, around the draft year, uh, I would say. I was playing my first year in SHL, uh, and the draft was coming up. I had my first World Juniors, and uh, that's kind of the time where I got more and more uh, attention mm-hmm. from reporters and podcasts and, and so on and so on. Uh, and I always, I was, I think I was probably a little jealous when I was young. Uh, because I thought, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but I thought I was just as good as them. <laughs> I thought I was a great player when yeah, I was young. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, just because I'm coming from this small town, like or smaller town, still pretty big, like, why why doesn't anyone want to talk with me? Why why am I not having any sponsor deals and yeah. so on? Uh, 
Um, so you're making up for lost time now. Maybe yeah. no, nah, not really. I wouldn't yeah. say so, but I I was still a little bit. That was, yeah, maybe a little bit. Like it's, maybe it's still a little bit in the back of my mind. That like, okay, why did I get anything when I was young? <laughs> but no, like, and then I kind of my dad has always been very like positive about talking good for like about other people. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not any time. It's not about yourself. It's always about the other. Like just. All, whatever you say, if you're hard on yourself, always be positive about your teammates and player around you. Uh, so every time when I was young uh, and it started to get me the attention, uh, I was always very positive to the players around me. Uh, you usually always hear me say that, uh, oh yeah, the defense, the defensemen kept them on the outside. They m- helped me to see the pucks, and they were blocking shots. They were sacrificing themselves. Uh, and that's just kind of something I've got in my mind from my dad. Just always be positive about your teammates. Like always be positive about the work they are doing because they are gonna appreciate you. Uh, and always answer questions with a kind of like a, lo- a long sentence or like a formal answer uh, that they can pick up new questions to ask you because then they are gonna be more open to a- ask you more questions. Uh, so. <laughs> you usually never hear me answer with one word or yeah. a- one sentence. I'm always going with three, five, ten sentences in my answers uh, because that helps the one I'm uh, answering to asking new questions. That makes me more interesting and that makes everyone want to talk with me more. So that the gospel, his baby. Dad, his That's dad's gospel. goalie coach, his dad's his publicist, <laughs> and your dad's got a lot of roles. So, so that's kind of my thing thought and and it, of course the biggest thing it helps me grow like it helps me uh, showing who i am making yeah. people get to know me uh, and and hopefully making them getting a better picture of who i am and and maybe liking me more mm-hmm. uh, so i kind of like to use it in a way to um, kind of put me out there showing who i am and uh, not only uh, like i don't want only people know me for the goalie uh, that I am kind of knowing me uh, for the person I am as well, uh, and then I just l- love talking and sp- in getting to know new people and answering questions and everything. So uh, as much as I can, I like to do everything. Like if I can do podcasts, l- lovely. Can I answer a couple of questions? Sure, perfect. Uh, and th- I just enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think it's great. Media day is going to be fun oh tomorrow. Man. <laughs> I'm <excited>. An absolute <laughs> dream for a media team, Jesper. Uh, absolute dream. Uh, but, but I mean, you're right, though. And, and you're a part of this generation now in hockey that I think is grasping that there is value not only for the organization when we do things like this, but for yourself. Yep. And you can help grow your brand and make yourself that much more valuable to a team, not only by stopping pucks, but by being a fan favorite type yep. person. Um, and so... I, I think you're definitely onto something there, and certainly I think the game, and, and some people might not be a proponent of this, and as much as a, as a blue-collar, old-school hockey guy that I am, I do love the fact that players now are starting to understand and starting to promote their own brands because I just think that's only going to make our game that much more widespread. It's only going to make it that much more sellable, marketable, etc. And I'm going to go way off on a tangent now, so let's let's get it back in. <laughs> I don't want you need to get going on the sh- paradigm shift of media content in hockey, though I am a proponent of it. Um, Joey, what did you have? I've been hogging the mic. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of obviously this year has been fantastic, especially as you said, you've gotten more comfortable. Things just the 
clearly the game's picking up yeah. on the ice. <laughs> but you get this all-star nod, you and Sammy Walker. So I guess having – I've been to a couple of the all-star games, seen kind of the fanfare and everything. What are you most looking forward to about being in Laval in a couple of weeks? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect at all, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I was very surprised, too. <laughs> a fun a fun thing here too is that my dad called me i think it was three or th four weeks ago uh and he he asked me uh straight out just do you think you're gonna get to the also game and i said no way it's not happening like there's <laughs> there's zero chance that i'm going there like i've i've had i i think i've been playing okay but i've not i have not the stats or i have not the record or I I haven't done anything like really like I've scored a goal that's it <laughs> which is pretty still big. pretty good that's pretty big, like yeah. that's what I've done I haven't I haven't saved a lot of pucks but I've scored a goal uh, so he asked me do you think you're gonna make the Ulster game I said no it's not happening so I'm just gonna that's take great. the day take the days off and and then get back to mm -hmm. work like uh, and then yeah we got it announced in the locker room and I texted my dad I was like that I, I i made the ulcer team <laughs> i'm going to the ulcer game uh, and he's like what i i thought you said you you weren't gonna go <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah it was a big surprise for me i i did not i did not think i was going there at all uh, now i kind of turned turned it around a little bit and my <laughs> my stats and everything is looking better so uh, right now it kind of makes sense and i i joked with my dad and i say i have to keep this going because when I get there, I still want my numbers to look good. Like I, <laughs> I want to know. I want to. <laughs> I want to kind of show that I belong here. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, just fun thing. But no, it's. Uh, I'm very excited. I got very surprised, and uh, I think it's just going to be a great experience. Part of I think you getting more comfortable here is having a fellow sweet in the locker room. Oh yeah. Simon Johansson and. We tried to dig up some dirt with Simon, didn't get a ton. But <laughs> only got one thing. Yeah, to is there him. is there something maybe about Simon? Any funny stories wow. you can tell me about Simon that we could then use later on? Or down Marco the road? for that or matter? Marco, because I know you guys are tight. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, fun thing is that I I actually didn't know Simon before this year. Uh, so I've I've probably played with him. He's still four years older than me, I think. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> four or three. Uh, so. I didn't know him at all before this season. I met him at uh, the airport in Stockholm where we were going to a development camp. Uh, and yeah, from there we kind of started getting to know each other and s lived together in development camp, came back, rookie camp, training camp, and now we're playing together and we're the only two Swedes. So it kind of becomes natural to become good friends from there. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I haven't picked up any dirt on Simon. Uh, and if I had, I probably wouldn't out it. I'm the younger of us, so uh, he's got to mind his yeah, elders. I'm just gonna have to keep him in, uh, keep him in, in in good mind, so I can uh, <laughs> maybe stay on in good path with him. On that front, I remember when we were flying to San Jose, and I got word. Actually, I didn't have word yet, but I was told to prepare like Marco could be coming. Yep. And the great story is these things I try to keep under wraps as best I can. And the, the flight attendant comes back <laughs> because I had made a ticket for Marco <laughs> just in case we needed it. We ended up not needing it. And the flight attendants always want it. They check each name and make sure they're in their seats before the flight. For missing anybody, they try to figure out where they are. So they come back to me. I'm at the very, very tail end of the plane. All the guys are sitting around me. 
And uh, I think we had two tickets because Zane McIntyre also didn't come that flight yes. either because he was recalled to Minnesota. Um, so we had two just tickets to be had in case we needed them. They come back and and they're who's the leader of the wild party and, and raise my hand and and uh, okay so uh, no Zane McIntyre and I said I said yes and before I could stop her she goes and no Marco Rossi and you should have seen the next <laughs> on every single guy everyone was around and he's sitting right in front of me <laughs> Jesper's right in front of me. And I remember this so vividly because a lot of other guys kind of turned around. I was like, "Really? Where's Mar- Marco's coming? Mario, this and that." And but you turned around and you said, "You know, is Marco coming?" And you were genuinely interested because, and I remember talking about this with you in San Jose later. Not that you wanted to see Marco, you wanted him to stay in the National Hockey League, but it, it seems like it's been a pretty good send down for Marco and his confidence right now. He's playing just outstanding oh, here great. in the American League. But you, I remember you saying. You wanted him with you, and you guys have developed a pretty good little friendship, uh, even though Austria, Marco Rossi, Sweden, Jesper Volstead. What's been the connection there? Why have you guys hit it off the way you have? I don't know. Um, I remember meeting him as well in the airport from, from development camp. So uh, me and Simon came from uh, Stockholm, and we flew to Iceland. And in Iceland, uh, Marco came from Switzerland, I think, and landed in Iceland, and we were going to... Uh, Minneapolis together uh, and kind of there we were just talking and introduced to each other and so on and uh, and then spending development camp together and I don't know there's just something like us being Europeans mm-hmm. uh, kind of have kind of like a similar lifestyle and similar minds in some way like we kind of think pretty much the same and uh, yeah Europe is different from from North America so uh, I don't know. We just found a connection there, and uh, yeah, we're good friends. Like Marco, though, he loves to irritate me. Uh, <laughs> he loves to do these small pranks, or in practice, just shoot pucks around my feet, and I get pissed at him sometimes. But uh, no, we I I enjoy it. I I'm very very happy that for <laughs> I'm gonna say in this way for my assignments for for our sake. I'm very happy he's in Iowa, but yeah. for for Marco's sake, I I I'm sure he want, wants mm-hmm. to be up in Minnesota. But uh, as I said, for for me, I'm I'm very happy to have him here. He's a great hockey player and uh, and he's a really good human being. So uh, he's a great guy. I enjoy it. He's a little quiet, but he's also <laughs> a little sometimes. So, so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I enjoy every second of him having here, him here in Iowa. So you yeah, piqued my interest. Can, can you share with us any of these little Marco Rossi pranks? Because, again, you mentioned he's very quiet. He doesn't show a lot of who he is to a lot of different people. So to hear him doing pranks, not that it completely surprises me, but that's a new one. I've not heard that about Marco. Any, any information you can give us about what one of these pranks might have looked or felt like at one point? He's more just, like, trying to get under my skin. Like, he likes to... He likes to get me irritated on him. Like both. What gets you irritated? Shooting pucks at his <laughs> small things, uh, like together, Simon and Marco is a deadly weapon against me. Like they just <laughs> love going after me, uh, usually because I'm the youngest too. So, um, like last time we were going to, uh, <laughs> it's just these small things. Like it's it sounds bad for me too, but <laughs> last time we were going to Grand Rapids and uh, they're just go. We have a group chat, uh, just us three. And they, t- both of them, just going on about me paying dinner because I made the All Star game, and they're <laughs> like, "Thank you, Jesper, for dinner. Thank you, you're so nice." 
uh, and just like making me like okay and then after a while I get a little bit pissed and they just enjoy it even more uh, so just uh, these small things and Marco shooting pucks around my feet in practice or uh, just all these <laughs> small annoying things and I I know it's for a good like I know I know it's he does it because like it's it's me like yeah. he, he's fine with doing it and he he kind of likes seeing me a little bit irritated and I know Simon loves it too so <laughs> they're just doing all these small things but yeah it's it's pretty good good oh, that's it. fantastic awesome <laughs> that is a great story um I don't have a whole lot else for you Jesper I, I guess the the final thing I can get to and I guess Joey did you have anything else yet? I mean, we've we've covered boy 40 minutes now and I we could go for another 40 Jesper yeah. but I, I think for the sake of our listeners and also for you <laughs> let's um, let's wrap it up quickly here but anything you wanted to get to before we wrap here Joey uh, my last one before you go um, just kind of prepping wild fans for what to expect in the future a guy you played with another wild high wild draft pick Liam mm-hmm. Ogren what can Wild fans expect out of him when he does end up coming over to North America and playing over here? Yeah, so I've, I've played with Liam a little bit. Uh, I think we had a Four Nations tournament in Sweden. Uh, of course, him being two years younger than me, uh, we haven't really played together a lot, and I was always playing with the guys who were three or four years older than me. So, uh, But he was actually with us in uh, with the Swedish national team in uh, in this four nation tournament so uh, kind of got to know him there uh, a little bit he he's pretty shy he's a little bit laid back uh, and I can understand that being with two years older guys in, in the national team too so uh, but he's a fun dude uh, he's a he's a good hockey player he's a skilled hockey player he's really good balance like he has a good structure to his game uh, he's fast he's skilled uh, and I think he's he's going to be a good player for sure uh, and he's also he was also over at development camp and that that's kind of the place where you get to know everyone like that's kind of where you get to see all the prospects or seeing all the sweets and so on and uh he has a fun personality as well uh he he loves these small honey stinger waffles we have in the locker honey room stingers. oh he was bringing i think he brought <laughs> eight or ten back to sweden after <laughs> development camp I kn- oh he loved them so every time <laughs> every time i eat one i usually just send him a picture yeah. of the waffle and he's just like oh come on i want one <laughs> so yeah no but he um he's doing good work in sweden he was he was playing well in the world juniors now and uh i i think he's he's gonna make his way over here soon to finish jesper i had two fun questions for you talking about your teammates um actually sorry i have wanted to get to one more that i've asked every goaltender i've ever had the chance of doing a podcast or uh an interview with i've always put goaltenders into two buckets from a personality standpoint they're really weird or they're really funny sometimes a little bit of both if you had to put yourself in a bucket do you think you're really weird or do you think you're the really funny goaltender <laughs> i, I want to put myself in the really funny goaltender uh, but part of you is dragging yourself but yeah the weird <laughs> side, but part it? of me is from what i've heard from teammates during the past like part of me is turning a little bit over towards a really weird one uh I would say I'm right in the middle, I yeah. would say. Uh, I've heard that answer a lot, too, from the goalies themselves. They should yeah. ask the teammates more You should ask this. the teammates. They should th- they're going to throw you in the really weird one. Uh, but I've also heard that I'm not as weird as other goalies. Like, there's goalies that are ridiculously weird. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't... I've usually heard I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a smarter goaltender in some way. Like, I'm not that, that stupid or whatever. Uh, 
but yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely am not the the most funny one either. Uh, so is there is there one thing maybe you do? That you that again, you're thinking about. I want to put myself on the funny side, but I've got some weirdness too. Can you give us one little tidbit of something you do? Maybe it's a superstition or a tradition on a game day, or just something you do to get yourself ready. Um, because goalies usually have at least one thing they do that maybe is pretty unique to themselves. Um, I don't know actually. Uh, I just remember hearing when I do things sometimes, and they're like, "Oh, dude, that's just a regular goalie thing." You're just like, oh, yeah, maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, my game days are, I'm not that superstitious. Like, I'm I'm usually doing everything the same just because I feel comfortable with it. Uh, but I wouldn't mind switching anything up. Like, if if I don't do anything, it's not like the game, whole game is ruined. Mm -hmm. uh, but I still like to, like, warm-up usually looks the same. Uh, I started to switch up, off, like, switch up my off-ice warm-up a little bit before this year. Uh, I did the same one from last year in the beginning and it didn't work out really, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna switch this, switch this up now. Uh, and But I still do the same off-ice warm-up, uh, kind of get to the arena around the same time. Uh, I usually have a bowl of yogurt in the locker room before, uh, before the meetings. Uh, I foam roll. I do some juggling, I play a little bit of sewer game and uh, otherwise it looks pretty much the same but yeah. it's like if I'm, if it's not happening it doesn't really matter. Uh, so yeah, it, um, I don't think I have that really weird thing. Let's finish with two quick ones. Most difficult shot to stop on the team and the easiest shot to <laughs> stop on the team. Oh. Um just thinking carefully. Yeah, he's thinking yeah. carefully. Yeah, he has to be smart. We may not actually get the true easiest shot <laughs> answer. <laughs> Watching out for himself here. <laughs> Hardest shot was definitely Chafee, I think. He just has yeah, a rocket read, of yeah. a release, and it's so hard to read, too. Uh, he, he just places where he wanted, and it's hard. Uh but then you have kind of like a guy like Sammy Walker who doesn't shoot that hard. But it's always a quick release, well-placed, hard to read. And just puts it in a weird spot where you can't reach it or yeah. you can't save it. And it comes off when you doesn't think it's coming off and so on. So they have great shots. You have Marco too who can rip yeah. one if he wants to. And he puts them up in the corners like it's nothing. Uh, and you just have no chance. Uh, so there's there's a couple of guys mm -hmm. who can really fire one, but it's always fun with the with the guys that doesn't shoot that hard, but you just can't save it. Guy like Kirill Caprizo when I was up there hasn't like he has a good shot, like hard shot. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's just that he has the quick release. He places it where he wants it, and it's it goes there every time. Like you try to <laughs> try to reach it above your pad just about uh, or under your glove but you can't get there because it's already in your net before you reacted wow. just because the release is so quick it's not mm -hmm. that the, the shot is that hard but you can't pick it up from the release and that's what usually makes a shot hard or like very very dangerous and, and very very hard to to read uh, and usually when they shoot in location where you kind of not expect it from mm -hmm. uh, we saw that Kirill Caprizo goal against Dallas where he was below the goal line and shot it off the mask of Ottinger and in. You're just like, oh, come on. Like, 
How can you be ready for that? Yeah. And, like, kind of, like, you look at the goal and, like, why didn't you just sit at the post? No, because you don't expect it. Like, you're trying to cut the pass or something, and then it comes a shot from nowhere. Uh, So that's kind of the fun thing with uh, these releases that aren't that hard, but they're just so unexpected. Uh, An easiest shot, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to out my boy, I'm going Simon. <laughs> Just because he's the only one I can I can put it on. The only one I can make oh. after all oh, this. Wow. I gotta be careful what I say around Simon. I don't want to put myself yeah. in his, in his you know, no. bad graces. Here he goes. Worst right under oh, oh, shot. Yeah, no. <laughs> we weren't saying worse. Oh, we did say worse. <laughs> no, no, no. Easiest shot to say. Easiest and, shot to and, say. And, and, and that could be for a number of different reasons. You might know where he shoots. We're not saying worse. Fun, shot of the fun team, thing yeah. with Simon is that he almost always go golf side glove side uh he loves shooting glove side uh so <laughs> sometimes uh when he shoots glove side i just do the biggest windmills just because <laughs> just because i know it's coming there i'm just like flashing the letter i'm going down into yeah. splits and everything just yeah. because it's simon i know he can take it and i know it's he's, he's shooting there too so uh I remember this <laughs> this warm up now when we were in uh, in Grand Rapids before the <laughs> oh it's gonna come out on YouTube I hope but uh, this pregame skate in Grand Rapids and uh, to finish off pregame skate the D is, al- is always shooting in one end uh, <laughs> and uh, it's always first shot it's off the uh, off the boards out slap shot uh, second shot up to D over other D shoots. Uh, and then third one, they're like up, sliding over, up, back up, and then shoot. So Simon was the last guy who was going to shoot, and uh, I, I was mic'd up too. So I was like, <laughs> okay, here comes Simon. He's going glove side. I'm going to flash the letter. Here's coming the windmill. And yeah, Simon comes in, gets it on the <laughs> gets it on his, his tape job, and it's just like just inside the blue line. So, okay, I have a lot of time to react here. Shoots it glove side, picks it. Biggest windmill of all time, and Simon was like, "Come on, like, do you have to do it only because you're mic'd up and you have the camera on you?" And so on. the answer is yes. I was just laughing. I was just like, "Yep, had to do it. Sorry, that's the way it is." (laughs) That's the uh, becoming wild's version of getting posterized. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what that was, Uh, and that hopefully we'll make the final cut uh, later on when that episode comes out in March. Um, A nice little teaser for our fans, becoming wild. Uh, the Minnesota Wild YouTube series on players. They came and did a, a nice segment on our trip to GR, which was obviously a successful one uh, a couple weeks back. So, uh, Jesper, I, I can't say enough about this. I always look forward to times when I know we're going to get a camera and a microphone and get to chat. Um, super engaging, super gracious with your time, and some really interesting stuff. Thanks so much for this. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun, as always. A gigantic thanks to Jesper Volstead, the wild goaltender, for providing us tons of time and a fabulous interview. Such a genuine guy, Jesper Volstead, mm-hmm. and just so, so, so mature. We talked about that at length. Really good stuff from Jesper, and hopefully that really helped illuminate who he is to all of our fans, because as much as we love watching him play goal, he's as fabulous as a human as well. I think people are going to love it. I think people in Minnesota are they're, they're getting they're getting a good one. Yeah, and yeah. And when he is ready, when that time does come, People are going to be thrilled to have him. He's going to be a great personality for that locker room, for the organization. So I'm excited for people to see Jesper in a different light 
how we just kind of saw him. Mm-hmm. And one thing they can keep a lookout for, we're doing a little player spotlight feature on him yes. as well that will come out nice in the next couple weeks there. at some point. So nice promo. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we wanted to make this quick. It's been a long episode because we tried to cover so much of the front end, and then Jesper was long, which is good. So we're not going to keep you much longer. We do want to talk about uh, a bet. We got to our bet from November, uh, thanks to the Minnesota Vikings, who then later on disappointed me in massive fashion with a very strange decision on fourth down. Recently, I won't get to there. Uh, you had in goal, and you stopped three pucks in, in, in a row, by the way, too. There was some dispute and some discussion on the video, you'll see that where I thought it was three in a row. You thought it was just yep. three in general. Marquise rewound the tape, went back, and we learned that I was incorrect. And it was indeed just three saves. Yep. But I think, and you agreed with me, that for the sake of the content, three in a row was better. Because you'd have been out of there really quick, actually. Yeah. Guys missing the net yeah. and posts. Listen, you'd have been out listen, of there pretty quick. Cut me some slack. I think I made at least a couple <laughs> saves at the beginning there. I, I know I, that part of those, I think the third one might have been the glove save on Ty Ronning. So, like, it wasn't all that bad. But, yes, uh, I did pay up on this bet. It was great hearing that I was right, as always. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's uh, we're hoping to, to get that out to everybody. Uh, not this episode, but our next episode, we're just going to tack it on right to the end. So mm-hmm. if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to this, go watch it on YouTube. You'll be able to see, you know, the full cut of me. Um, Really, just embarrassing myself. Um, it's great. With these it's really guys, good. Must it watch. was uh, it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of funny moments to it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm as much as I don't want it to ever see the light of day. I'm yeah, you excited. Do. You're for you're it. excited about you're no, excited about that. I am. You're I'm, you're leaning yeah, into it. I am. Which is no, I good. think it. I think it'll be good. I think everybody's uh, everybody's gonna enjoy it, and uh, hopefully that's the last podcast bet that I lose. Well, we'll it's see. also the first one you've lost because yeah. I'm first and last. Oh four until this one, and it had nothing to do with me. I'd everything I would to do, do it again. I said it at the end of the video. I'd make the bet again. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's pretty much it from my vantage point. We are going to try to get another episode out this month, um, so stay tuned for that. We will have that uh, video, the full Joey Goldstein in the pipes trying to stop American Hockey League professional hockey players. That is coming your way on the next episode. We'll have another guest as well for that. Um, anything else to add before we put a lid on episode 15, Joey? Do you want to put a lid on it? Oh, yes, very nice. And That was almost twice in a row that <laughs> tough, I forgot to thank Jeremy Core because we had a previous Not take, just, we had a previous take of this that didn't work. You would have thanked everybody. You well, I missed, was going to get to You would have missed everybody. No, I yeah, have. you would have. Okay, well, we're going to thank him now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's start with Jeremy Core uh, with Executive Podcast Solutions, uh, east of us here in Coralville, who does all of our diversifying and getting all the different uh, podcast listening options available for you, the listeners. So a big thanks to Jeremy and his company for helping us out there. Also, Marquise Jones, our editor, who does the YouTube side of this thank you pal and to you joey goldstein thanks and thanks for reminding me to thank everyone at the end of the podcast uh and last but certainly not least jesper volstead as well final thoughts joey goldstein thanks to explore minnesota too you guys are the best yeah they certainly are uh and thanks to our listeners and our viewers uh you're the reason we do this podcast and thanks for loving our show we love you right back uh for joey goldstein and everybody that made today's episode possible i'm ben gislison this has been episode 15 of riding the bus the official i am a wild podcast until next time another win here on this show so two honks for the win